You're listening to the DNB Supply Radio Show, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the D&B Supply Radio Show. Hey, it is my pleasure to have you with us here again today. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and we're always so thankful that you tune in and listen to the information that we are here to provide you. And I will tell you, we're doing an episode today that we've done before. It's a, it's a brand new interview, brand new all of that, but it's a theme that we've touched on before. And I gave this some thought, but it's something that I like to make sure we bring up at specific times of year because... Because for you, this could be very, very helpful if as nothing more than just a very, very good reminder. So today we're going to be talking all about small engine maintenance and what you need to be doing as the owner of a small engine as you get ready to put those engines to bed for the winter. Or if you're waking up an engine from the summer, maybe a snowblower, maybe a snow machine or a snowmobile or something like that what you need to be doing to create longevity for those engines, health for those engines. And really, the biggest goal I've got in this episode is that next spring when you go to fire up your lawnmower, your trimmer, your leaf blower, whatever that may be, that that thing will start for you and doesn't cost you a bunch of money because I know how frustrating that could be. So today we're going to be interviewing two shop managers from DNB Supply. Our first guest will be Rick Miller, who's coming to us from our store in Pendleton, Oregon, and then our second guest will be Tyra Colson, who is coming to us from our shop in Meridian, Idaho. And a nice span of questions, nice span of information and experience to hopefully have you avoid that unneeded expense and definitely unwanted frustration. So we'll have that coming up to you here in just a second. Well, everybody, as always, there was more information than I could fit into the radio episode. So don't forget to check out the podcast version of this show over on iTunes as well as SoundCloud. It is called the D&B Supply Show Podcast, and we hope you will check it out there. We're going to kick this off with Rick Miller from Pendleton, Oregon, and enjoy the show. Rick, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for uh, calling up and, and having me here. Well, I'll tell you what, I always appreciate doing these episodes. We kind of done this particular one a few times over the years, but I think it's important to kind of give people reminders and uh, if nothing else, help people avoid some serious frustration come next spring. So I, I do appreciate you taking time outside of the shop to talk to me on the phone. Well, you bet. You bet. It's always nice to uh, try to give people pointers, you know, so they're not frustrated and, you know, get stuck in long lines in the spring when, when shops become yeah. really busy and so on and so forth. Well, let's do this, Rick. Uh, tell us where you work, what you do, and, and how long you've been with DNB. Well, I'm, I uh, work in Pendleton, Oregon. I've been here for going on five years as a shop foreman. I uh, started out uh, with Chevrolet being a heavy line tech in Tempe, Arizona. Moved to Pendleton in 1987 and went into a family rental business, and that's where I basically got started in small engine. So... Basically, over the years, I've been uh, certified with almost every major manufacturer, you know, in small engine, transmission, whatever. I wanted to ask you about just about prepping right now here in the fall or the late fall as we get ready to go into winter and we're putting away so many small engines and so many different pieces of equipment. You know, it. I think it's pretty important right now to do things right so in the spring when you go to fire things up, it actually works. Is, am I right about that? Yeah, you're definitely right about that. You know, getting ready to winter for winter time, uh, you know, using a good quality fuel throughout the year, 
stabilization products are out on the market. There's all kinds of different uh, fuel stabilization products. Uh, you use those with uh, good quality fuels. Uh, I like to burn as high octane pump fuel that I can get. And the one thing that I do want to mention, though, is if you are using an additive uh, stabilizer, please make sure that you measure it as it goes in. You know, the old rule of thumb where a little is good, a lot is better doesn't always work out. Well, uh, so you're talking about stabilizing the fuel, obviously. What happens to our small engines if we don't do anything with the fuel? We just let that gas sit in there all winter and we go to start it up in the spring. Well, basically, you have uh, oxidation, which gets into the fuel tank. You know, uh, it starts to turn the fuel sour within six to eight weeks. Um, you let that fuel sit in there all winter long, and basically, you have just a slimy mess that clogs up, uh, you know, your pickups, uh, your fuel valves, carburation. It ends up turning into a lot of dollars for repair. So mm-hmm. the better quality fuel that you can use and, and an additive you're always better to do that. So how does a fuel stabilizer or an additive, how does that help with this problem? Fuel stabilizers have been around for quite a while, uh, especially when we left the lead. It's just an additive that goes in and and helps to kind of coagulate water. It keeps from what they call phase separation in fuel, which is waters and and alcohols separating out of Mm -hmm. this, the types of fuels that we're using now. Now, I know some people like to run the fuel completely out of their engines before they put them away for the winter. Is that a practice that you recommend? And, and if you do, do you recommend putting some fuel back in just a little bit to keep seals moist? Or what? how do you recommend doing that? Well, you know, over the years, I've done several tests on that with customers' units. You know, in the fall, we've tried one year, you know, we're going to drain all the fuel, we're going to run it dry. And then the next year, we're going to leave fuel in it completely full and see what happens. It was six one way, half dozen the other. If you run them dry, then, of course, you have a dry carburetor. Your diaphragms and so on and so forth uh, get crispy in there. And then if you leave the fuel in, then you've got bad fuel, even with, you know, the possibility of, uh, you know, when you're using a stabilizer, mm-hmm. you might have bad fuel also. So... You know, to run it, I like running a, a fuel stabilizer year-round. When you look at the price of the fuel stabilizers compared to the price of, uh, you know, the repairs that we're doing nowadays, the fuel stabilizer is pretty much, a, you know, it's a little bit of insurance for you. So, you know, run it dry. Uh, you know, if you're using fuel stabilizers all the time, great. You can use uh, several manufacturers have, Steel has what they call Moto Mix. Uh, Husqvarna has a, a pre-mixed fuel of 50 to 1 for our two-cycle engines, both good quality fuels. And so you can run that through them too. And when it comes time to start an engine back up that you've put fuel stabilizer into, is there anything special that needs to be done or can you just start it up and run it? Well, basically, the first thing that you want to do, of course, is check the engine oil. Some of these engines have fuel shutoffs. Almost all the overhead valve engines have fuel shutoffs which uh, the tank's usually above the carburetor. So if you don't shut the fuel off, you have a, a chance of fuel running right through the carburetor. It'll go right into the through the valves, down past the piston rings, and overfill the crankcase. So if you check your oil all the time, notice that you've got a lot more oil in it than when you started, you know, or you stored it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know you've got a problem, some sort of, your oil's been compromised, so you definitely don't want to run that engine right at that point. You okay. want to get the engine oil changed and so on and so forth. 
But as for, you know, if your oil's okay, you've had stabilizer in there, I'd just go ahead and, and turn the switch on, turn your fuel on, give it a few pulls with the choke on and see what happens. <laughs> Should fire right up. All right. Well, let's take a quick commercial break. And then when we come back, I want to ask you about changing the oil and doing all that type of stuff, too. Okay. That sounds like a plan. At D&B Supply, we've got a silver bullet for gift giving, even when it's a gift to yourself. Montana Silversmiths makes eye-catching jewelry and buckles that capture the spirit, beauty, and drama of the West, all engraved in silver. With 45 years under their belt, Montana Silversmiths have carved out a real name for themselves. Far and wide, their hand-etched jewelry and buckles are known as compliment makers. Collect some yourself. Check out Montana Silversmiths at your neighborhood D&B. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at DMB Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians. Turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop by your favorite DMB Supply. All right, Rick. Well, let's talk about this really quick. So, you know, it's funny to do this interview in the fall or to do it in the spring. In the spring, we're obviously firing up a lot of engines that have been resting all winter, but we live we live in a snowy climate, so a lot of people are going to be firing up engines soon, like uh, snowblowers and things like that that they haven't used all summer. When somebody goes to start an engine that hasn't run for a period of months and it won't start, what do we need to do at that point? Well, basically, at any time, uh, you should never use ether on a small engine. It is extremely hard, especially on a two-stroke engine or a two-cycle engine, it washes all the oil uh, away from the cylinder, and then we have a metal-to-metal contact. If you're having to use ether, there's a problem, uh, whether it's fuel delivery, uh, spark, or air getting into the engine. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you know, you can mess around. You can check spark. uh, You almost have to have something to, to actually plug into the spark plug boot, and actually ground to the engine. Just setting the plug on the engine always isn't a good indication of whether you have spark or not. You know, I, I always tell people, you know, if you're trying to do that, you might as well just grab the end of the spark plug and pull it over. That way you know you've got you, either you've got spark or you don't. Now, for folks who are firing up snowblowers soon and things like that, if they haven't run them for a while but they didn't do these preparations in the spring, so say they did not put in any fuel stabilizer and they left that old gas in there, if the engine will start, should they run that gas through it or should they just say, nope, we're going to drain all that gas out to begin with and start over fresh? Well, you know, if it's sat there for a year, even though they've used engines uh, or, excuse me, fuel stabilizers in that product, you know, a lot of those uh, fuel stabilizer products say they keep fuel up to a year, excuse me, two years. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't quite know about that. Sometimes you get lucky, um, you know, and your engine will fire up. Uh, you definitely want to use a, a flashlight of some sort. Look down in the tank and see if you've got any water separated out in that tank. At that point, you definitely want to get all that fuel out of that tank, either with a hand uh, suction device and put it into a a container. A lot of bigger cities have, uh, at their transfer stations, they will take uh, used motor oil. Uh, Sometimes they take used gasolines. Mm -hmm. And so that's a way to, to kind of get rid of your product. 
Now, what about oil changes? Is that something as we're putting equipment away we should be doing, or should we wait until spring when we're when we're waking them up? Well, you know, I uh, change my oils every spring. Kind of go through, uh, do a small service on your equipment if you're going to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Changing the engine oil is always nice thing to do on your engine. So I would start out fresh with an engine oil change and and go from there in the spring for sure. And for the folks who want to do this themselves, do all small engines have an oil pan drain or do some of them, do you have to actually drain it out of the fill spout? Well, some of those engines do actually have uh, oil drain plugs. I have the luxury here at my shop. I have an oil vac, so Mm -hmm. I never have to tip the machine over except to change or, you know, if I need to sharpen the blade. Per se, on a lawnmower, nine times out of ten, you can put the handles in a, in a storage position and tip them back on their back wheels. The one thing that you want to do is you always want to make sure that your spark plug is pointed straight up. You never want to put that oil down against the piston or anything like that. And then you can go ahead and pull your dipstick out and, and drain it out that way. And then... Again, do you wait until the next season is beginning to change air filters and and to clean those out, or is that something you want to do before putting it away? Well, you know, you can do both. Uh, You know, if it was running all right, um, you know, spring when you're getting ready to to fire up your small engines, you always want to check everything. You want to check your spark plug. Be a good time to put one in. I mean, you're you're spinning it out of there. Spark plugs aren't too much money anymore. Nice to spend a new plug in. Check your air filter. You know, that's the kind of the heart of your, your engine. you got to mm-hmm. have clean air going into it. Yeah. You could have moisture in there that's blocked off. You know, it's just going to cause it to run kind of cruddy. So air filter is always a good shot, too. Well, Rick, thank you so much for doing this today. We really appreciate all of your information, and uh, have a great winter up there in Pendleton. I'm going to give her my best shot, and hopefully we get some snow. <laughs> All right, everybody, we will be right back for the second half of our show with Tyra Colson from the Machine Shop at the Meridian D&B location. Tailgating season's here, and D&B Supplies got just the generator to run your stuff, the Honda EU2000. Uh, the EU2000 is excellent for tailgating because it's super quiet. So generally, you're in a parking lot with a lot of other people. They get irritated if you've got a real loud generator. So that's one of the biggest things. And then, of course, you can fill the tank up, and generally it's going to last all the time that you're out there tailgating. The Honda EU2000, available at D&B Supply. Want to get rid of those pesky house guests with no mess, no fuss, and no touching? We're talking about mice, folks, not your holiday visitors. And D&B Supply makes it easy with Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches to keep them away. Made and tested by farmers, Grandpa Gus mouse repellent pouches are a non-lethal way to send those rodents running. Safe for pets and kids, its fresh scent instantly repels mice and absorbs pesky odors, too. So better make tracks to pick up some today, only at your favorite D&B supply. Tyra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. Hey, you bet. I love getting a wide array of opinions and and knowledge and experience on the show, especially for a show like this one. And, And what I'd like to do is just start off like we did with Rick and just have you introduce yourself to our audience and kind of let us know where you work and, and how you got there. All right. Well, my name is Tyra Colson, and I work at the shop at the Meridian D&B location. And I started out at D&B about five years ago, and I was actually the clothing lead. And we had a vacancy in the shop, and they thought I'd be a good fit. And so 
I kind of converted over there and absolutely love it. We have a great team and we're building our shop back up again from where it used to be. And yeah, it's, it's a really great job. Did you have some mechanical aptitude or experience or something like that that made them go, oh, wow, Tyra could do a lot of good for us here? I, I think most of it was probably my organizational skills. I do have a military background with a little bit of mechanical knowledge, but that was on, you know, like tanks and stuff, and they don't really translate to small engine necessarily. But I think it was mostly for the front of the shop to be able to let our technicians do their jobs. We need somebody to kind of organize, you know, the day-to-day operations Uh and checking in equipment and things like that. And so now you are shop supervisor, is that correct? I am. Let's talk about small engines and getting things prepped for for the winter and all of that. So I covered a lot with Rick, but I wanted to ask you about this just in more general terms. What can people come into a, you know, a D&B shop for in terms of service, in terms of winter prep? What services are available to them there? And the reason I want to list all these is because at the very least, it'll give people reminders or make them go, oh, I should, I should do that and kind of remind them about different things that need to be done. Right. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we definitely recommend you winterize your equipment. And if you're going to store it, if you're not using it through the season, then, you know, there's lots of problems that can arise if you're not storing it properly. Lawnmowers, trimmers, chainsaws, blowers, all of that equipment um, really needs to be prepped for the winter. Um, Again, you can change your air filter, change your spark plug. We have a lot of kits that we sell to people and they can do it themselves. They can bring it in and we can actually go through it, clean it up, make sure that everything's running properly, and then we would winterize it, which would mean we would take, if it's a four-cycle engine, we would take a four-cycle high-octane fuel and run it through the carburetor so that, you know, your carburetor is not going to be full of gunk next year. And same with the little two-cycle engines, we'll go ahead and pour some two-cycle straight pour in a higher octane. Um, it's good for two years. We'll pour it in there and run it through the carburetor and make sure everything's running fine. And I mean, it's it's a relatively inexpensive service compared to a big fix that you would have in the spring if you hadn't have taken care of your equipment. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. And and what is the busiest time of year that you see in your shop? You know, it, it's funny because last year, this was the busiest time of year for us with, um, mm-hmm. with chainsaws and generators and log splitters. This year, we've kind of had our busy season started in March, and we're kind of still in it. We really haven't slowed down very much. Um, it's been pretty steady. The equipment changes, of course, in the spring. It's the lawnmowers and the trimmers, and throughout the summer, it kind of stays that way. And now, again, it's back into the generators and chainsaws and log splitters and getting ready for winter and cutting right. wood and that sort of thing. Well, I want to ask you about spark plugs. So when it comes to winterizing, is this something you need to deal with at this time of year, or do you recommend just uh, checking them or maybe just even replacing them when spring rolls around? You know, it kind of depends on how often you're using your machine and that sort of thing. But yeah, I would recommend checking it now and making sure, you know, it's not, you know, dirty. It doesn't have oil and fuel on it. It doesn't look fouled. Basically, there's no breakage on the ceramic part of it. And if it looks fine, you you know, just clean the machine up and put it back in. And then spark plugs usually aren't the cause of a failure in the spring, we've found out. Usually it's not a spark issue. It's mostly carburetor issues that Mm -hmm. we see in the spring. All right, Tyra, let's take a quick break and then when we come back, I want to ask you about carburetors. Carhartt is legendary for getting you geared up for anything. So getting geared up for the winter is easy at DMB Supply with Carhartt Full Swing. 
Tough and water repellent, Full Swing Clothing lets you move like you mean it with Carhartt's Rugged Flex technology. It's made for maximum range of motion and maximum protection from the elements. Get ready for anything the day throws your way and get into the full swing of things at your favorite D&B supply. Howdy, neighbor. Why are you throwing out your snow shovel? Oh, because I threw out my back last winter. I'm picking up a Husqvarna snow thrower at D&B supply instead. Don't you mean snow blower? Oh, potato, potato. Actually, a snowblower is bigger, more powerful, and shoots snow farther out than a thrower, especially a Husqvarna. You're blowing my mind. Hey, you telling me this so you can borrow mine? Nah, buddy, I'm headed over to D&B to get a Husqvarna, too. I'm right behind you. Let's blow. All right, Tyra. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about carburetors. What can we do now, this time of year, to preserve that carburetor in as good a shape as possible for spring? Or should we just be cleaning them on an annual basis, just out of good measure? You know, you can probably avoid having to clean them very much at all if you make sure and run your fuel out of your machine if you're not going to be using it longer than, say, two to three months. Run all the fuel out, put some stabilizer in there, and, you know, make sure that you don't have old fuel, basically, in there gumming up all the needle valves and the gaskets and such in there. It'll harden those. And then, you know, in the in the spring, if, if you haven't done that, you can bring your um, carburetor in and and we can clean it. It's usually a you know a simple procedure, but taking care of it basically is the best idea in the long run. Well, uh, I agree. I preventative maintenance. It's hard to get people to do that sometimes, but oh my goodness, doesn't it pay off in the end? No, it absolutely does. Even myself, I when I have a little rototiller that works like a champ when it works, but you know, I left fuel in it over the winter and then it did not work in the spring and we had to replace the carburetor. These last two seasons, you know, we've ran the gas out of it, we put a little stabilizer in it and starts right up first pull in the spring and so, you know, I've learned in this job, you know, taking care of your equipment most definitely preserves it. Now, do you have many people that are having enough forethought or are using enough forethought to come in right now and have the blades and things sharpened on, on like lawnmowers, or do you get most people doing that in the spring? I think it's a mix. I think the people that were in in the spring and had had carburetors clean or their blades sharpened and had to wait a while, they have decided that you know they don't want to wait anymore, so they're going to get a jump on it early. So I think they learn basically as we go, and we'll see those wait times differ during the year depending on you know what their experience was when they you know got their equipment out in the spring. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people we are having a lot of repeat customers now to where they're like, okay, let's get this thing now so that we don't have to, you know, wait very long in the spring. Yeah. And, and when it comes to that, in terms of the longevity and then the effectiveness of lawnmowers, how important is it for people to have those blades sharpened? It's pretty important. I don't think that people actually realize that, you know, the blades get dull, but we see it all the time. You know, you hit rocks, you hit branches, and it'll mm-hmm. take nicks, and, and you sharpen those up, and, and it definitely makes it so that lawnmower is performing better. It makes it so you can suck the grass up into the bag easier because it cuts it smaller. I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of benefits to having sharp blades, especially on people who, you know, have a big lawn to mow. Well, let's do this. I want to take another commercial break. And then when we come back, let's talk about buying brand new equipment and what we need to do for our engines when we buy something that's brand new. 
Okay. For work, play, or a little bit of both this winter, stop by D&B Supply for Wrangler gear. From flannel line jeans to stylish shirts and jackets, fit for the field or a night out, Wrangler has you covered. Established in 1947 with the spirit of courageous individuality, Wrangler apparel is designed to last and look good to boot. With new styles and great fits, it's clothing that wears well no matter what the season or what life throws at it. So stop by your favorite D&B and get covered this winter in Wrangler gear. Things are heating up around here at D&B. You'll see why when you check out our wide selection of high-performance stoves from Harman, Quadrifire, and Heatilator EcoChoice. These classic pellet and wood-burning stoves light up your hearth and home. They give you even heat and easy maintenance with craftsmanship that stands the test of time and really stands out. So swing on by D&B Supply and see how Harman, Quadrifire, and Heatilator EcoChoice stoves can warm up your home. Well, Tyra, now that we're back, I want to ask you about somebody who's buying something with a brand new motor in it. So it could be lawn equipment. Maybe this time of year, people are doing that type of shopping in anticipation of next spring, or maybe they're buying like a snowblower. They're thinking we're going to have a bad winter or something like that. When people do that, is there a break-in period for new engines? Is there something we need to do when we're first starting out with that equipment? I wouldn't call it a break-in period. All the... uh user manuals for your new mowers and your snow blowers and stuff, they'll mainly just recommend that you check your oil after so many hours and make sure that you're not using excessive oil and make sure that all your fluids are correct. And then there's absolutely, you know, a maintenance guide. But as far as a break-in period, as far as how the engine performs, no, there really isn't any more with the engines that we sell today. Now, for somebody who's getting a, a snow blower out right now or even this coming spring when they're going to start their engine, and they try and get it started, they're pulling it, and it's just not firing up. How should they begin when it comes to diagnosing what the problem is? I think first determine if your fuel is good. Make sure that it's fresh fuel. If you've, if you've had old fuel in it over the winter, I would drain that fuel and put new fresh fuel in. We recommend non-ethanol fuel, 89 octane or higher. And if you go from there, and if that doesn't work, then you can you know check your air filter, make sure that it's clean. And then you can go to your spark plug. And if all of that fails, it probably needs to have a good carburetor cleaning. There's probably something in there that's kind of gummed it up. And it's funny how all these things kind of snowball into a bigger problem. A couple of those bigger problems can be when you flood your engine or when you break the pull rope on your pull start. I want to ask you about both of those things. The goal here is to help people avoid these situations where they run into these frustrating situations that now require repairs. Talk about flooding for a second. How does that happen and and what does that really mean? We all know the term, but what does it really mean is going on in the engine? Flooding means that you've got an excessively rich fuel mixture that's dumping into the carburetor, so it's not able to burn. The engine's not able, it's not able to get a spark and to burn that, which causes the combustion for the engine to run. And basically, the way to clear that or the way to figure out if you are flooded is to take a look at your spark plug and it'll usually be wet with the fuel oil mixture. And if that's the case, you basically want to try and dry it out. And um, there's several different methods that you can use. A lot of people just let it sit overnight. Some people will blow air into the cylinder and try and blow it out that way. We usually 
tie a throttle wide open and just pull repeatedly until it kind of dissipates that fuel mixture and then it'll it'll correct itself and you can get it started. Now, of course, if we have neglected an engine and it won't start, I'm going to generalize to everybody, but maybe this is just me, but my tendency is to just pull harder on the pull start, which is probably not the best way to do things. But as the frustration builds and I'm trying to get the engine started, my assumption is, well, if I just pull harder, it'll start, but that can lead to broken ropes or to it coming off of the uh, pull start altogether. How difficult of a repair is that once that occurs? You know, it kind of depends. It can be a frustrating repair because it it is sometimes hard to wind that pull rope back up around that spring, but it's relatively simple once you've done it. But yeah, if if you're doing that and that spring unwinds, and that's, that's a pretty frustrating thing too. A lot of times we sell people the entire starter housing, which is relatively inexpensive. And sometimes that's well worth, you know, not having that frustration of winding that up. Well, Tyra, what is the one thing? I mean, if there's one thing that you see people coming in this time of year or in the spring over and over, if you could just talk to everybody and go, people don't do this or people please take this step, it's going to make you really frustrated next spring. What would be that one thing you'd want to tell them? It would be always use fresh fuel really keep an eye on your fuel. And we recommend that you don't have more fuel on hand than you would use in two months. It starts to degrade after a month. You can stabilize fuel with some stabilizers, but you have to do it with fresh fuel. You can't pour a stabilizer into an old fuel and make it fresh again. But honestly, most of the problems that we see are caused from bad fuel. And Mm -hmm. it's just, people don't realize that it does degrade so quickly. And you know, there are steps we can take to avoid that, which like I mentioned, putting the stabilizer in, you can also use some of the brands of straight pour in already mixed fuel, which has um, a shelf life of 10 years if it's not open Mm -hmm. and two years after you open it. So those are the kinds of things that I talk with my customers about and recommend because yeah, that's probably most what I see is, is old fuel and just damaged carburetors, having to get them clean, that sort of thing. Well, Tyra, thank you so much for joining us today, and thank you for the great advice. I know there's going to be some smiles on people's faces next spring when their engines fire up because they listen to this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you all for joining us today, and here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle, however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.